Welcome to the SciDef Network Security Podcast. I'm your host, Raymond Evans, and this is my co-host, Michael Fairweather. We're here to bring you the cybersecurity news that matters and to talk about other random nerdy stuff. On this week's episode, I've got graphics cards beware, a new style of OSX malware can hide in the RAM of GPUs, and malicious keylogger malware found lurking in a highly publicized Grand Theft Auto mod. What have you got for us, Michael? I've got some uh, uh, malware infecting some home routers that have been used to uh, launch a denial of service attack, or attacks, rather. And then we're going to be talking about the Sony hack aftermath, kind of what Hollywood is doing since uh, the hack from last year. That's going to be an interesting one to talk about. Yeah. Aftermath and how uh, people have those knee-jerk reactions and implement new policies is always curious to watch. Agreed. First up, Graphic cards beware, a new style of OSX malware can hide in the RAM of GPUs. According to a research paper posted by an anonymous team of developers, a new form of malware has been created that's capable of hiding inside the RAM component of NVIDIA graphical processing units. This one is a pretty interesting one. It's the WinJelly malware. Previously, it was only known to be able to attack Windows and Linux. But now this vulnerability that was discovered allows it to also be able to attack OSX as well. They're just they're hitting everything. Yeah. However, this is just a proof of concept. This isn't something that was found out in the wild. This is something that was tested and discovered inside of a lab to be able to actually work, which is good news that nobody has actually implemented it in the wild that we know of that we know of this one would actually be hard to detect being out in the wild for all we know it actually could be out there running amok and hiding inside the gpus and um, the reason why it would be so hard to to discover is because anti-malware and antivirus programs aren't designed to scan um, graphics cards it's just it's not what they do they are program to scan your main operating system and not any additional hardware you plug in. So there's a lot of talks and a lot of discussion of actually designing and implementing um, an antivirus program that will scan the RAM of video cards and additional hardware. Yeah, it's definitely something that needs to be moved or looked at uh, moving forward. Those companies need to kind of really need to start checking everything at this point. Because, I mean, just about everything is vulnerable if you find the right exploit for it. This one is um, it's a piece of malware that installs a random access tool aka a rat inside the video card's memory waits for the operating system to make a call out so essentially it's all it's a logic bomb you could say because it waits for a certain trigger so the operating system makes a request and then the trojan attacks and installs a back door giving full control over the computer to whoever is uh, controlling the malware and also all in- accounts on the computer as well get compromised yeah as we said you know it wasn't it wasn't something for um uh, not not to be a threat um the, the developers that actually did it but but as a warning um like we said before that every part of the computer can be exploited if there's enough money to be made in it oh god that's so true you can yeah. you can hide a piece of malware in the video card sound card processor ram you think of it, you can do it. The the BIOS chip can hide malware. Right. It's uh yeah. So it definitely needs to be 
looked at further as far as, as the way they're implementing those scans. Um, if antivirus isn't able to, if antivirus isn't able to scan the hardware, then there should be some sort of implementation with antivirus program that allows some form of packet analysis to be able to look for for common traits, heuristics of different pieces of malware that could install themselves in the hardware. You know, if a developer is not willing to take the time to develop a, a scanner for these pieces of hardware, because you know that could that could mean um, having to work in um, kernel level stuff to be able to scan that hardware possibly, then they should definitely look into being able to do a packet analysis for the heuristics of these pieces of malware. That would help a lot as well in detecting the malware. Speaking of malware, malicious keylogger malware is found lurking in highly publicized GTA mod. Which mods are that? That would be the Angry Planes mod and uh, the No Clip mod, both containing malware. And they were two very popular mods for the game as well. Um, the malware was first discovered when a player noticed that a C compiler program was up running in his system processes, which he did not install. And uh, that C compiler was sending requests and receiving data from across the web. He later found a fade.exe executable in his PC. And in his temporary files folder, um, there were logs being generated of all of his activity and altering the Windows registry to silently launch at system boot. He then went and deleted all that stuff but every time he ran the mod, it would come back. So that's how he discovered that it was, in fact, in those mods. Yeah. And it wasn't coming from somewhere else. This piece of malware is interesting to me um, because I play a lot of online games. I play a lot of... Um, play a lot of games where people mod stuff and files are shared a lot. Um, one game, for example, is... Counter-Strike, where people make custom maps, and Team Fortress, where they make custom maps, and then Gary's Mod, where it's all modified um, assets. Right. So I would play it, and I would think to myself, how do I know that one of these assets that I'm downloading isn't a piece of malware? And that was always something that was in sitting in the back of my head as I joined these maps, and these maps would tell me stuff like skins need to download it, map assets need to download it. I would think, I really hope there's not a piece of malware in this. And I'm surprised that we haven't seen this more and that it hasn't been done more because it's so easy to, to implement. I mean, there's 14, 15-year-olds out there joining these games and downloading assets willy-nilly, trusting their fellow gamers. Yeah, absolutely, especially if you find something that's um, as popular as they were saying these, these mods are. I don't know how many people actually play Grand Theft Auto um, on, on their PC, or on the PC version of it, but with enough people doing that, that's a lot of um, information they're gathering. What that uh, what that fade.exe um, program was actually getting was was uh, is involved with Facebook spam, credential stealing modules, um, Twitch, uh, Messenger.com, uh, Steam spamming module. Um, it's a Steam module that evaluates the items in your inventory and their value based on current market value. Uh, there was a keylogger, uh, UDP flooding module, um, and that's just what they found. 
and actually seen in action so far. So you're right. I mean, you got to think about all the the people that are actually playing this game and saying, ooh, that, that sounds like a fun mod. Let's play that. Or their friends are telling them about it. And it turns out they're getting their information stolen because they trust their friend or, you know, somebody online. Well, I can tell you currently there's 158,000 people playing Grand Theft Auto V on Steam. What percentage of those had um, <laughs> the the Angry Planes? Uh, that I cannot tell you. All right. Or the no clip. I'm I'm sure there were quite a few because it was saying it's one of the one of the um, one of the most popular ones. So that so goes back to to um, I mean with this running, it goes back to having anti malware and antivirus programs on your system. When you're running those, they're they're going to be able to detect malicious files and stuff like that. They're gonna they're gonna be able to see those. And now if you know something pops up like this that might not have been found before. They're going to have a signature out for that now, so you absolutely should go out and update that and, and have your have your system scanned to make sure that that's not running for you running on your system as well. Not only have it on your system, but perform scans on everything you download before you execute it, because sometimes things can slip through if something is um, compressed the right way, um, if it's using some kind of weird type, file type. You know, initially when it gets downloaded, it could slip through the scanner. So just that's true. So just right-click the program and click Scan for Threats before you run it. Simple, easy. It'll save you from having all your credentials stolen. Surprise! This hasn't happened more. Hasn't surprised it um, is making as big of a splash as it is now. Um, another thing they found with this piece of malware is that it was actually using people's um, computers as uh, zombies on botnets. Um, people's botnets. computers were being used to DDoS, Twitch gamer streams, and other things. So, yeah, not only did they have their credentials stolen, but their IP address was now um, part of a DDoS. So, that sucks too. Because now yeah. it looks as if you are being a perpetrator in a malicious attack against an individual. And that's never a good thing. No, absolutely not. And to follow that up, um, did you hear that the company Encapsulas uh, actually found that there were tens of thousands of home routers that were infected with malware and being used to uh, launch uh, DDoS attacks? I did hear that. Yeah. So we, we talked about something similar a couple weeks back. Um, it was a different company that found um, some of the um, some of these home routers that had problems. This is a new batch. They have been um, tracing this traffic back to routers uh, made by a company, uh, Ubiquity Networks, and they've been distributed by uh, the ISPs around the world to their customers. And it's saying that the uh, the routers themselves had uh, DDoS malware programs installed on them, and there was usually more than one. They believe the uh, the reason it happened, it wasn't that the routers were actually hacked due to a vulnerability, but it was the way that the, that the, the stuff was uh, deployed. It was deployed in an insecure manner, um, leaving oh. the management interfaces exposed to the internet. Oh, so you're saying users were getting stuff and not changing their default credentials and not changing security settings, you know, doing the basic stuff that you should do when you get a piece of hardware. 
Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, leaving it open to SSH and HTTP using default credentials, admin, admin, admin123, um, stuff like that. That's silly to do. Right? So the uh, so Encapsula actually ended up finding um, shell scripts running on the devices, running on the routers, um, and the scripts were designed to scan the internet for other routers that could be accessed over SSH with default usernames and passwords. So it was just running a script, doing a search, and that's where they, um, that's where the the attackers were able to get or find these vulnerable routers. Um, it's pretty crazy. They, um, the fact that it's just it's that easy. You run a script and hey, find admin admin passwords. The the script would be kind of basic um, because the the routers that were being hit they were in a um, a group of IP addresses. Right. So if you know that group of IP addresses, all you have to do is run a basic script to attempt a uh, an SSH login of admin admin if the ssh is successful print the the ip variable out to a file append it to a file and then move on to the next ip um, yeah uh it's it's pretty awesome and amazing that somebody thought of it, of it. script is really simple to pull off uh bad on users for not yeah. changing their stuff i mean that's Super basic security one-on-one. Change your default credentials. I mean, you're not going to get a cell phone and leave your cell phone completely unlocked and not set a password to it, are you? I mean, maybe. Silly. I see it, though. <laughs> I really do see it. Uh, I'll come across people with pass with cell phones who don't even they just have the basic swipe feature. Yeah. That's it. It's like, what are you doing? Your cell phone gets stolen and your bank credentials are in there because you were, you know, doing your banking earlier today. You know, you're not going to do that because it's just, it's common sense. Yeah. It should be so, common sense. Let's, let's, should, let's, let's throw that out there. It should be common sense. It should be common sense to change uh, your default router credentials as well. But yeah. for older generations and unknowledgeable um, individuals, I guess somewhere it's just slipping past people. Yeah, it really should, it should be on the ISPs though. Um, when they give those routers out to individuals, they should have a little slip with it that details how to go about changing your default router credentials. Yeah, how to oh, turn absolutely. that stuff off that's not needed. Right. I know with ours, um, like I said, I talked to a couple weeks back. We had to have we had to have our own, or we had to have the uh, the company's uh, modem slash router um, for one of the ISPs that I used when I was overseas. And there was there was information in it on how to log in. There was never anything about how to change it. And I was I was it was a foreign language, so that was even tougher trying to figure out trying to do the uh, Google Translate. Trying to figure out how to get in there to actually change stuff. Um, now, when I got you think here, that, you <laughs> think that stuff? I just built a couple of Gundam models, okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, all the instructions were in Japanese. <laughs> You're right. I I can at least read Italian a little bit better than Japanese. But they're beautiful, yeah. okay? 
So if I can put together an entire Gundam, highly articulating Gundam, it's a, it was it was a, a real grade Gundams, which is like three tiers up in the grade of model building, then you can figure out how to log into your router. Right. Now I will say with that, our current ISP, we do have their um, just you know basic modem as well right now. We do have defense in depth, but we have the basic modem. And when they set it up, um, the tech that came out actually had us change it. It was something that was going to be done anyway, but we changed the user password or the username and the password. So completely changed everything about it. So it's not the generic default logins. And so they are getting better. I mean, at least some ISPs are getting better. About having that, um, about having that changed as soon as that, as soon as it's set up. But uh, I don't think too many Americans have to worry about this one, because only four percent of the routers affected were in the U.S. The people that really have to work worry about it were individuals in Thailand, where sixty-four percent of the affected routers were. And then there's Brazil, which had twenty-one percent, and India, which had three percent. Yeah. So sixteen hundred people or sixteen hundred routers in the states were affected by that. There were 60 servers used by hackers to control the routers. And those router, those uh, servers were located in China and the US, which, which is interesting to me that it was specifically those two locations. And that's just like one central location or more spread out, more people doing it over a broader area. It's as if there was like a couple of hackers in the U.S. who were talking to a couple of hackers in China, telling each other to do this. That or somebody using, that or somebody using a proxy or something hopping through China. You never know. All you this, know. all of this could be coming out of Canada for all we know. All hopping, uh, you know, into the U.S. and into China, and then attacking there. Those crazy Canadians with their maple syrup. Lizard Squad used this though. And they had used this vulnerability to uh, DDoS a couple of services. They DDoS Sony PlayStation Network, Microsoft Xbox Live, and a couple other high-profile websites. And they were actually doing doing it as a DDoS for hire service. So not only were they hijacking the people's routers, they were having people pay them. So they were making money off the victims as well, which kind of sucks for the victims. I mean, victims could have just been in on the cut, you know? Yeah. Give you 50 cents for every DDoS. All right. All right to you. All right, all right. All right, all right, all right. So speaking of Matthew McConaughey. Tell me about Matthew McConaughey. Does he have something to do with Sony? He's in Hollywood, which is where, um, you know, Sony Pictures got hacked. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, when did that happen? It was a pretty quiet story. Um, it was back in December. Um, however, since that hacking, Hollywood has kind of um, worked at, you know, making sure that their security is better. When you look at everything that came out after the Sony hacks and all the information and the emails that were released and the um, the movies that were uh, leaked as well. What movies were that? I actually don't have a list of them. I don't know the movies that were released. I know that there were. Annie was one of them. Annie was released. I know that. That's the only uh, one I know. I know that uh, the interview was pulled, and then it was back on, and then it was straight to 
streaming video. Like you could watch it on YouTube on uh, Christmas Day. You had to pay for it, but you could watch it on YouTube. Let's um, get Christmas to paint. Right? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well, basically, a lot of the companies out there have been trying to say, or basically been saying, we're, we, we've got to be vulnerable as well. Um, what can we do to fix it? Um, so the studios have been ramping up efforts, uh, risk analysis, um, uh, security updates, just going through and actually making, trying to make their systems better. Um, Jonathan Chow, uh, the chief security officer at Live Nation Entertainment, um, was saying that the um, stuff that's happening, the conversations that are going on are, are at a much higher and broader level. Um, that people at the time were thinking that just assuming that the IT guys were actually taking care of it and they never actually bothered to ask if they were. Um, yeah, that's, like, <laughs> that is just fantastic. Hey, let's yeah. have an IT department and you know, they know what they're doing. So we're not going to bother to ask questions because we don't want to yeah. go down to the basement and talk to the nerds. That's, I mean, that's, that's, you know, it's, it's funny, but that's basically what was happening. They they didn't, they were like, yeah, they got it and didn't even ask and to see if it was actually happening. Um, so, so that's problem number one. Problem number one. Well, they're, they're actually asking now and they're looking into ways to fix it. Um, now, Chow was saying that the, um, he said that the uh, increased awareness of the risks um, has kind of become a double-edged sword for him at least. Um he says that the um, with the new media attention, there's a lot more double checking of the security measures for uh, from colleagues inside the company. So he's doing the work, um, or they're doing the work, but a ton of people are coming in and and double checking and double checking and double checking. He says it's getting tedious for him, but it's probably oh, a good thing. Look, and I hope in a high profile company like that, we're millions upon millions and even in with certain um, franchises billions of dollars are at stake that double checking should have been in place initially yeah it, oh great that's, a, that's yeah. a second problem right there that they didn't have the double checking in place um, yeah it's a it's a pain in your neck but apparently you weren't doing too good of a job in the first place. And apparently you need that double checking done. Yeah. It's, it's very silly to me that there wasn't people checking their work initially anyway. So kudos to them for the double checking. Another silly thing to me was the fact that they were putting these, these assets. I'm talking of course about the movies. Mm -hmm. They were putting these assets on servers. Why would you do that? Why would you ever put something that you are going to be making millions upon millions of dollars off of on a server that you haven't even double checked isn't vulnerable? <laughs> That's like sitting my steak in front of my dogs and trusting them that they're not going to eat it. And that's my dinner for the night. That's your only steak. Yeah. It's my last bit of that's that's my food to sustain me. And I'm yeah. gonna sit in front of my dogs, and I'm just gonna trust my dogs that they're not gonna eat it. That's exactly what Sony was doing there, when they put their assets onto a server, and then just trust it that their IT people knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah, that's that's so silly. Yeah, no, that's not silly. That's that's irresponsible. Yeah, that's definitely reckless. 
Because there's people's jobs at risk there. Sean Flynn, the chief technology officer over at Marvel Studios, uh, was basically saying that after the Sony event, um, they they were summoned immediately to a boardroom um, to identify their vulnerabilities and risks. So it was an immediate response to, whoa, they just got hit. Let's see where we are. So it's a good thing. I mean, it's it, yes, it was irresponsible, the stuff that was happening. Um, but it's a good thing uh, because people are actually looking at the security of their systems and hoping that uh, and trying to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Um, and sometimes that's how it has to happen. Somebody has to be the guinea pig. Vulnerabilities have to be exploited in order for people to recognize that there is an actual threat. Yeah. Because a lot of times budget will go into IT, everything will be fine. Um, and then a lot of times people in the IT world will have their budgets cut because then the boards are saying, well, what are we paying you for then? We haven't had any kind of break-ins. Yeah. So they'll cut their, their IT budget and then the their firewalls and all of their um, solutions they have to protect their themselves go away. And then it comes a day when somebody gets hacked and then they go, oh, crap, what are we paying you for? And then their budget goes up and then people get fired when yeah. initially their budget was getting cut. Yeah, you have one guy running the entire IT department. You know, IT departments always get it's it's always the same thing for them it's what are we paying you for because if if everything's working fine well what are we paying you for everything's working fine then if everything's going to crap well what are we paying for you what are we paying you for everything's going to crap yeah why didn't you fix everything before there needs to be a greater understanding of the it world it was actually kind of funny that we're talking about this because i was recently on a flight and there was an individual who was a stockbroker who has an IT guy in St. Louis, and he was coming to um, fire his IT guy because his IT guy kept trying to explain to him why things were happening. And the individual who was running this company, his mindset was, and he literally said this, I don't care why it's not working. He, they keep trying to explain to me why it's not working. It's just not working, so I'm going to go fire them. Wow. So people in these higher positions don't care but then when something bad happens they try to put on the facade of suddenly caring wow and you know it, it's hard for people in the it departments to get stuff done when you have um people in these higher positions who refuse to listen but then when something goes wrong you are the one to blame yeah wow that's that's insane to me I, yes i had to hold my tongue oh, i'm my sure God. Did I have to hold my tongue doing cybersecurity and then hearing somebody talk about how stupid cybersecurity is and how he hates the people who do who do it and doesn't care about them. I was just like, oh, my God. Was he uh, was the guy sitting next to you or was it like he was a, he was a seat ahead of me? Oh, and you just you could just overhear. Yeah, I would have stood up and been like, you should get on the Like when you land get on another flight and fly back to where you're coming from. Give your guys some more respect than that. Yeah. Very hard for me. So, yeah. but that's, that's where people um, in Hollywood are coming from. They have these individuals who just don't want to listen and don't want to understand why things are happening the way that they're happening. And then when things happen, they become the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about it, they're, they're not in the mind, like you said, they're not in the mindset 
of, of, of network security. They're looking at how much money is this going to cost me, the bottom line. Um, especially with companies like that, the bottom line is really what comes into play. Um, so if you're dumping a ton of money into something and you're not seeing a return from it, why am I dumping this money into it? So you stop. And then you realize that you should have been dumping even more money into it. Um, so my solution for that, which you know probably won't be heard and probably doesn't, uh, nobody who's listening to it will actually care because the people who are listening to it are people in the cybersecurity world and the people who are causing the problem are people in higher positions. Um, people in higher positions have to work better with their cybersecurity individuals and actually have to care about their assets and care about what's actually happening to the assets and understand where the money is being used properly and what it actually means for these individuals and what their work actually means, you know? Yeah. Because if you're just allocating money into the IT department and then don't understand what's actually happening with that money and what they're they're actually accomplishing on a day-to-day, then you're going to be hurting in the long run. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, with the, uh, the kind of the final point on the um, the whole sunny thing, they they um, one of the companies out there. Um, it's uh, Stan Stahl, who's the president of the Los Angeles chapter of um, Information Security Information Systems Security Association. Um, it's talking about one of the things that they're doing is is they're um, intentionally tricking their employees into opening. Um, email attachments, questionable email attachments, um, doing their own form of spear phishing to educate, to kind of educate their, their employees as to what, <laughs> what can happen. Um, and Stan Stahl said it's, it's, uh, it's scary, uh, the number of people who click on a link to get a free Amazon gift card, which I, I don't blame them. You give me a free Amazon gift card, I'll click on a link. Knowing better, I'll click on a link. Well... You know, I got an email from the prince of Nigeria who wants to give me all his money. Oh, you got that one too? You bastard. <laughs> I'm getting to it first. Nah, it's mine. Split it? Yeah, let's split it. Okay. I think it's only going to cost us 1000 each to get um, the account set up though. Yeah. So, we'll go with that. How silly we sound there? <laughs> uh, you should think of the same exact way when you get an email about an Amazon gift card. Free money? No, nobody gives you free money. Shut up. But it's free Amazon gift card. No. No. Stop. I can buy so much stuff with it. So, on that note, working backwards, we covered Sony Hack Aftermath. And we determined that people need to work with their IT department to understand where, where their money is going and what kind of vulnerability test is happening. We also covered malware-infected home routers used to launch DDoS attacks and determine that you need to change your default credentials and your default settings and turn off unnecessary items that are on there running by default. Malicious keylogger malware found lurking in Grand Theft Auto mods. Scan all your stuff you download. Don't trust it. Never trust anything. Always scan stuff. Even if it's your grandma's cookie recipe, still scan it. Grandma be shifty. And OSX used to be safe from the wind jelly malware, but guess what? Graphics cards are now able to hide malware within their RAM of the GPUs. So OSX is no longer safe. Do you have a network security tip for us this week, Michael? 
Yes, I do. Network security tip of the week is minimize the use of administrator accounts. Whenever you first set up your Windows uh, PC or any other system, it's typically a system administrator account. What you're going to want to do is create a separate standard user account uh, to use for your everyday computer use. Uh, checking your emails, getting online, and you want to keep that system administrator account kind of off to the side in case you ever need to install drivers or programs or stuff like that. That way, if you ever do get hacked or if there is kind of suspicious stuff going on on your computer, you are not allowing somebody who's hacked in to have administrative rights right away. You're using a standard user account. All right, everybody. I was your host, Raymond Evans, and he was my co-host, Michael Fairweather. Stay safe. Keep your network safe and have a week.